pray together. Lord Jesus, the mercy that You showed to Peter in his denying You three times and yet You receiving him back to Yourself. We pray that You would magnify Your mercy before us, that we might see Your great mercy for us. We ask in Your name. Amen. According to Matthew's Gospel, just after Jesus and the disciples finished the Lord's Supper, Jesus turned to them and He said, You will all fall away because of Me this night. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I am raised up, I will go before you to Galilee. Peter answered him, Though they all fall away because of you, I will never fall away. Jesus said to him, Truly I tell you, this very night, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. Peter said to him, Even if I must die with you, I will not deny you. And all the disciples said the same. Jesus changed Peter's name from Simon, of course, to Peter, which means rock. And the reason Jesus changed His name was because Peter had a bold, solid, unshakable faith. Peter was the one who, when, when Jesus asked the disciples if they knew His identity, He declared, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Peter was the one who jumped out of the boat to walk on the water with Jesus. So it does not surprise us that Peter boldly proclaimed that he would never deny Jesus and that he would very willingly die for Jesus. Now, if it had been Thomas, as in doubting Thomas, or, or one of the other disciples, we, we might tell them to slow down a bit. Slow down in their zeal and not promise what they would be unwilling to deliver. But Peter, well, he's the disciple who would seem to have the moxie the force of character and the determination to follow through on His willingness to stand up for Jesus, even if it meant losing His own life. As I've pondered this passage, I've come to believe that Jesus specifically singled out Peter um, and prophesied that Peter would deny Him three times uh, because His faith was reputed to be stronger than the rest. I think there are several reasons why Jesus did this. First, Jesus wants us to learn that none are beyond falling into very appalling sins. Uh, Peter denied Jesus three times and denied Him very deliberately only hours after declaring He was willing to die with Jesus. Secondly, Jesus wants us to learn how well He knows us. He knew Peter much better than Peter knew himself. And he knows just uh, he knows us better than we know ourselves. He knows just how weak we are. He knows what temptations are our greatest areas of vulnerability. He knows us. And thirdly and most importantly, 
Jesus wants us to know how great His mercy is for His people. He wants us to know that His mercy is an ocean that is ever full and ever flowing into the lives of His people. Peter denied Jesus three times, but instead of denying Peter in return, Jesus restored Peter and assured him of His love. It appears to me that when Jesus was finally arrested and then carried off, that all the disciples turned away. They all, after saying that they would never desert Jesus, they all deserted Him. Even Peter and John. But Peter and John, uh, after deserting initially, they followed at a distance. They wanted to see what was happening to Jesus. And on a different note, I want to remind you that it is now, at this point in the passage, between 1.30 a.m. and 3 a.m. And so Jesus, at 1.30 in the morning, is being carted between the house of uh, Annas and then Caiaphas, right in the middle of the night. Uh, Annas was the former high priest. Caiaphas is the current high priest. And what they're essentially doing is they are putting Jesus on trial under the cover of darkness. Annas and Caiaphas did not need to be awakened from their sleep. They were already up. They were waiting for Jesus uh, to be brought to them because obviously they had played a part in planning His arrest. And the questioning of Jesus at these two houses was nothing more than a show trial. The verdict had already been decided. These trials were the very definition of a kangaroo court. At the home of Caiaphas, John somehow gained entry into uh, the house because he had some kind of relationship with the high priest, whether he was related to him or whether his father knew him or whether he knew him. We don't know exactly what that relationship was, but he was able to gain entry uh, into the house of the high priest. And Peter had to wait outside. So then John went in and secured permission for Peter to come in also. And this must have made Peter uh, pretty anxious um, to come inside the gate because likely it was better lit out in the courtyard and there would surely be some of those guards who arrested Jesus that uh, might be able to recognize Peter. You'll remember that Peter called attention to himself by cutting off the, the, the ear of the high priest's servant. So, um, the servant, a servant girl went to bring Peter in. And as she's walking through the gate, uh, she asked Peter, You are also not one of this man's disciples, are you? And Peter very deliberately denied it. A little later, Again, Peter was questioned as if as to whether he was one of Jesus' disciples. And again, he denied it. Matthew's account adds that Peter made an oath with his second um, with his second denial. In other words, he said something like this: "I'm not one of his disciples. I absolutely swear by God that I'm not one of his disciples." But after that, another servant came up to Peter and accused him. 
And this uh, person was, was more sure of himself, more sure of his accusation. This servant was a cousin of Malchus. And Malchus was the man whose ear Peter had cut off. According to Matthew's account, this servant also noticed that Peter had a Galilean accent, which was a sure giveaway that he was a follower of the Galilean, a follower of Jesus. So according to Matthew, Peter began to use expletives and call down curses on himself. And as his words were still hanging in the air, the rooster crowed. Luke's account says that Jesus turned and looked at Peter when the rooster began to crow. And Peter remembered Jesus' prophecy and he ran out the gate and went and wept bitterly. All four gospel accounts record Jesus I'm sorry, record Peter's denial of Jesus. And I think it was essential that the early church heard about Peter's denials and also heard about uh, how he wept bitterly because the church faced intense persecutions for nearly the first 300 years of his existence. We've read in the book of Acts how the very young church was persecuted by the Jews. And then as the book of Acts is coming to a close, the Jews began a war with Rome uh, in the mid to late um, 60s A.D. And then the Jews, because of this war with Rome, they became too preoccupied to persecute the Jews as they had been doing. I'm sorry, persecute the Christians as they had been doing. But then Rome turned its attention on the, on the Christians. And I believe they turned their attention on Christians because of their association uh, with Judaism. The Roman emperors began to hear about this Jewish man who rose from the dead and how this Jewish man who rose from the dead claimed to be the King of kings and the Lord over all lords. And the Christians worshipped this risen Jewish man and they worshipped him above any of the Roman emperors. And so this persecution uh, by the Roman emperors began with Emperor Nero. When Nero, uh, I'm sorry, when Rome caught fire, he blamed the Christians for the fire. And Tacitus, a Roman historian who was living at the time, he wrote this. He said, Nero punished with the utmost refinement of a cruelty a class hated for their abominations who are commonly called Christians. Christus, from whom their name is derived, was executed at the hands of Pontius Pilate in the reign of Tiberius. Besides being put to death, they were made to serve as objects of amusement. They were clad in the hides of beasts and torn to pieces by dogs. Others were crucified. Others set on fire to serve to illuminate the night when the daylight failed. That's what Tacitus wrote. He was an eyewitness of these things. Because of the severity of the persecution, Christians had to meet in out-of-the-way places. And they used secret passwords in order to recognize one another. And one of the most famous 
passwords. Um, one of the most common of their passwords was the sign of the fish. If you've ever wondered why the sign of the fish was uh, so important to Christians, it was so that they could recognize each other without calling attention to themselves. The word for fish in Greek is the word ichthus. And they made an acrostic from ichthus. Iesus, Christus, Theu, Huios, uh, Soter, which translated means Jesus Christ of God, Son, or God's Son, Savior. And so that's the reason for the, the ichthus uh, sign for Christ, because the church was being so hotly uh, pursued and persecuted. And this went on um, up through 311 A.D. It went through um, many different emperors. I believe that the historians say that there were ten different uh, severe persecutions of the church during those first uh, 200 to 300 years. And in spite of this, the church grew dramatically during this intense persecution. This young church, newly born church, is growing through this severe persecution. That's why the book of Revelation was so necessary and so precious to the early church. Because it said, yes, you will suffer, but Christ remains on His throne. Yes, you will suffer, but Christ is King. Thousands upon thousands of Christians sealed their testimony to Christ with their own blood. One historian said the Christians were mutilated and tortured in as many different ways as men hostile to their beliefs could invent and devise. You can imagine, if you're one of those Christians living during that time, how tempting it must have been to deny Christ. Because not only were you at jeopardy, but your wife and your children also were at jeopardy. Many confessing Christians did turn away um, from their faith and they never returned. The, the Apostle John said they went out of us because they really did not belong to us. If they really belonged to us, they would have stayed with us. But I imagine there were countless more who wavered, who were true believers. And like Peter, were tempted sorely to deny Christ. And maybe they did waver. Maybe they did deny. But they returned to Christ and renounced their denial. And it was through Peter's denials that they were able to see the great mercy of Jesus Christ. We're living here in an age right now where uh, a lot of um, Christian conversations are about when will persecution start here in America. We're also praying for the persecuted church throughout the world. We know that persecutions have increased in number and have increased in severity. There are many of our brothers and sisters around the world who might be tempted to deny Christ. And through, uh, Peter are encouraged 
that if they did deny Him, they can return to Christ. That Christ is great in His mercy. The Scripture reads in Psalm 103, For as high as the heaven is above the earth, so great is His mercy toward them that fear Him. Romans 9 verse 23 calls Christians vessels of God's mercy. That's what we are. God pours out His His mercy into us. We're just uh, vases, if you will, of His mercy to receive His mercy. He pours it out uh, day after day. And this is important for us to, to remember, even though we may not be suffering persecution right now, we're still sinners. We still sin. And maybe you might be thinking, my sin is too great for God's forgiveness. But I want to remind you, Christ's mercy is greater than all your sin. Or you may be saying Christ's patience is short because He's holy. But Christ's mercy is great. That's why He is long-suffering. That's why He never turns His back on us, even though we do many things that are deserving of Him turning His back. He is merciful. He loves showing mercy to His people. How do we know that? Because He left His eternal place in heaven at the Father's right hand. And He came here to earth willingly. And He says, for the joy set before Him... What was the joy? Us. For the joy set before Him, He endured the cross. He came here to earth suffered in our place. He came here to earth and took our sins in His body on that awful cross. He came here to earth and uh, suffered the eternal wrath of God in our place for us in order that He might show us mercy. In order that He might give us His grace that we don't deserve. That He might make us children of the living God. That He might forgive our sins, cast them as far as the east is from the west, because He paid for them all. Jesus Christ loves mercy because He loves His people. I love that passage in in, uh, the book of Hebrews where it says, Jesus is not ashamed to call us His brothers. He loves giving us mercy. If you're struggling with whether God loves you, if you're struggling under difficult circumstances and you're wondering where God is, if you're struggling, if your sin is greater than God's desire to forgive, I want to remind you this morning, you have a merciful and faithful high priest in Jesus Christ. And He loves and delights to show His mercy to us sinners. 
Don't fall back. Don't get discouraged. Don't think that God loves you any less because of your sin. He came and died for you if you trust in Him. In saying that, I also want to say a word to any unbelievers. And that is, do not presume upon His mercy. Do not think that you can live your life without Christ and you will still find mercy. You will not find mercy. You will find justice. But you flee to Him. And in Jesus Christ, you will find mercy. Mercy enough to forgive you all of your sins. Mercy enough to take you into heaven. Mercy enough to make you a child of God. As we come to the Lord's Supper this morning, as you examine the elements, the the redness of the cup that represents Jesus' blood that, that He shed in your behalf, as you examine the pieces of bread that are cut or torn, it should remind you of Jesus' body that was torn for you. As you examine these pieces, these elements, remember God's mercy. Remember Christ's great mercy for you. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, Because we live here as sinners, because we live here in this fallen and broken world, we are continually tempted to fall back. We are continually tempted to forget that You love us. We are even tempted to deny You and choose our um, comfort or our safety uh, or our happiness over You. And like Peter, we deny You, and we deny You, and we deny You. But Lord, I thank You that You did not leave Peter in his denial, but brought him back to Yourself. And Father, I thank You that You restored him. And not only restored him, but made him fruitful in Your kingdom. Lord Jesus, I pray that You would remind us all of Your great and everlasting mercy that truly is an ocean ever flowing into our lives. We ask in Jesus' name, Amen.